We continue in our studies on what God is and what Jesus said that God was. We're in John chapter 14 for our text today. John chapter 14 for our text. When I was young and my family was on the way home from church, my father would stop the car on Route 63 right in the middle of the Alabama swamp. And he'd say, I'm going to walk home from here. <laughs> he got out of the car, and we drove home while he walked through the swamps to get home. He had a great sense of direction when he was in those swamps, and he knew them swamps very well. But when he was driving a car, it was quite different. He got lost regularly when he was driving. He would be driving down the road and he'd say, I think this is a shortcut. He'd turn off the highway and soon we would be hopelessly lost. And he would always say, well, I'll stop the next gas station and I'll ask for directions. And you'd see him talking to the gas station attendant and nodding his head. And then he'd say, okay, we just got to go up here and turn. And when we got up there, he couldn't remember whether we were supposed to turn right or left. And so he took a guess, and soon we were more lost than ever before. I remember my mother said to me, the next time we stop for directions, you go with him. And you listen to those directions, and you remember where we're supposed to turn so we don't get more and more lost. So I did. I was a little fella. I'd sneak out and follow my father. I'd memorize the directions. When he was about to make a wrong turn, I'd say, no, we go right here, not left. <laughs> he just never quite knew the way to go. And we often drove to Connecticut for our vacations. And you could get on the thruway and drive for five and a half hours to get where we were going to our destination. I remember one time he told me, I know of a shortcut. And my brother told me a better way to go. I said, well, I'm not sure that that's a better way. But off he went. Well, a week later, we got home and I asked him, how long did it take you to get to Connecticut using that shortcut? He said, it took 12 hours. I said, you could drive out and back in 11 hours. And it took you 12 hours? He said, well, I stopped for lunch. <laughs> but I knew what happened. He got lost. He had no idea where he was. He just wasn't good at directions. He didn't know the way to go. In our text today, someone will have the very same problem. They don't know which way to go. And Jesus will answer that question, how do we know which way to go? Now we've been doing a series about God using the descriptions that Jesus gave to help us understand who God is and how God behaves. The Bible tells us that the chief priests sent some police officers to arrest Jesus and they returned without Jesus. The chief priest said, why didn't you arrest him and bring him? And the answer they gave was a famous one. They said, never a man spoke 
like this man and how true it was. Nobody ever said things like Jesus. He was a fascinating speaker, riveting and captivating and mesmerizing. And in today's text, he will say what I think are the most encouraging words he ever spoke, the most comforting words that ever came from his mouth. Now the scene takes place at what we call the Last Supper. And there around the table, he's telling his disciples he's about to leave them. And of course, they want to know, where are you going? Why are you leaving and where are you going to go? So we begin reading what happened around that table. John chapter 13, I'm at verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily I say unto thee, A cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. But let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Thomas asked a logical question. If we don't know where you're going, how can we possibly know how to get there? How can we know the way? And that's true. That's very true. That's a good comment. Now Jesus uses one of those simple illustrations that he often used to get his point across. We talked about when Jesus said that he was a door wood and hinges. We talked about when Jesus said he was an artesian spring, refreshing and full. And now he uses another very common thing to describe himself and what he does. Every one of you here today did the same very thing this morning. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't done what Jesus said. Every one of you said this morning, I'm going to parking lot church. So you got in your car and you drove down the road and now you're here. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> you had a destination in mind. You all followed a road. And now you've arrived at your destination. Now Jesus said, I am the way. Or, I am the road. We still use the word way today to describe a road. We drive down a highway, don't we? Or sometimes we turn off to the highway to a side road called a byway. So Jesus said, I'm a road. But of course, if you're going to use a road, you have to have a destination. 
So Jesus will describe a destination. Then he'll tell us what road to take to arrive at that destination. Now, when we were growing up, once a year on vacation, we always took a trip to Connecticut to visit Grandma and Grandpa, my father's parents. And I remember people would ask my father, so where are you going on your vacation? And he always had the same answer. He would say, I'm going home. We love to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Everybody called it all over that area. They called it the mansion. It was built in the 1600s as a stagecoach stop. It had a great big open staircase that led upstairs where there were six different big bedrooms. Half of the downstairs was one big room. Had a fireplace that came into the middle of the room so you could sit on either side of the fireplace. And so the stagecoach people who were guests could be all together in one big huge room. But to us, going to the mansion was going home. I still remember we drove into the little town of Sharon, Connecticut, where I was born. And then we started going up the mountain, up and up and up, almost four miles to the top of the mountain. At the very top of the mountain, there it was, the mansion. And we were home. Now Jesus told his disciples that he was going to leave. And when they asked where, he said, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going home. He explains what his father's house or his home was like. He said these famous words, in my father's house are many mansions. Now some people who are smarter than me highly educated, consider themselves theologians, they get all confused about what Jesus said. And they say, how can a house have many mansions in it? Doesn't make sense that there are mansions inside of a house. So they spend hours looking it up in Greek, trying to figure it out. Personally, I don't think it's very complicated. I'm going to my father's house. I'm going home, said Jesus. And if there are many mansions in the father's house, a simple fellow like me says the father's house must be a huge place. Must be a great big huge place. Jesus isn't trying to describe spatial concepts. What Jesus is trying to do is to describe what it's like at his father's house, a very large spreading place. And Jesus said, I'm going home, and when I get there, I'm going to prepare a place just for you in my father's house because what I want is for you to come home with me. So I'll make you a special place just for you and then you can come home with me and we'll be together forever but wait a minute wait a minute Jesus you mean you're going to make me a home inside of your home 
a home just for me, my own home, now my friends, I don't know about you, but I'm sure it's true, I love to go home. After a long day at work, or especially after a long week at work, I love to go home. The first thing I do when I get home is take off my shoes, right? That's the first thing I do, take my shoes off. And then I sit in my chair, and that chair is conformed to this body. Imagine that, my wife says. It fits. And I am comfortable in my chair with my shoes off at home. In my refrigerator is food that I like to eat. Because at my home, I don't eat things I don't like. The books I love to read are all over the house. I got them by my bed. I got them by my chair. They're in the bathroom. Because it's my house, and I do what I like to do at my house. Now, you know what I mean? You get that? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you like to go home, too. It's your house. Jesus says he's going to fix me a home in his father's house. I find that exciting and so inviting. I'll tell you what, I kind of want to go now. That's right. And that's exactly what Jesus is trying to accomplish. He describes for us a destination that you are just going to love. To entice you and to invite you and to make you say, I want to go now. And Thomas says, we don't know the way. Which road do we take? And Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the road. Then Jesus also adds to it, he says, I am also the truth. Now my friends, you know, you did it this very day, you know what it's like to travel down a road. There are markers and signs and places along the road that you use to mark out your progress as you travel. As soon as I pulled out of my driveway this morning and started down the road, there's Jeff's house. That means my journey is just beginning. A little farther and a little curve in the road, there's the Pilo's house. I keep going. Then a sharp curve comes in my road, and I know I'm at Freddie's house. And ahead in the road, there's a stop sign, and I know I'm at Aaron Kellenbach's house. More sharp curves, and I come to Swallow Hollow. I go by Podunk Road. <laughs> and then I start looking ahead, and you know what I'm looking for. I've heard you say the same thing. I'm looking for that big, tall steeple. And now I'm also looking for a parking lot. When I'm here, I have reached my destination. Now, Jesus said, I'm like a road. Go with me, and you'll be going down a road, and as you travel, you will see things along the way. Come down the road with me, and I will teach you more and more truth about me, about yourself, and about my Father's house. 
So the road to my father's house will be a very enlightening trip. You will learn so much along the way when you go down that road as you mark your progress. And then don't forget, he said, I am the way, I'm the road, I'm the truth, the signs and markers along the way. And then he said, I am also the life. As you travel down the highway, you'll learn how to live life. When you arrive at my father's house, you will live there forever. So Jesus said, come, walk the road with me. There will be a constant revelation for you of new truth, things that you didn't understand before. And you will live a life that is fulfilling and rewarding because I am the life. And remember, the final destination is my Father's house. I made it so you'll feel right at home when you get there. And you and I will be there forever together. Jesus said, I will take you to God. That's right. Oh, my friend. That's right. Jesus said, there's only one road. There are no byways. And there are no shortcuts. Any other road is going to get you hopelessly lost. You can't get to God, Jesus said, unless I take you there. No man cometh to the Father, he said, but by me. My friends, this morning, Jesus would have me invite you to his Father's house. A mansion at the end of the road. A happy destination. That place has been given a unique name. That place where we're headed is called the land of no more. Because there, there is no more sorrow. There is no more crying. There is no more sickness. There is no more pain. We're told there's no more sun there. It's not necessary. Jesus will supply the light. There is no more moon there. There is no more night there. Because Jesus will shine continually. And there is no more temple there because God himself will live right with us shoulder to shoulder and face to face. I want to go to that place called the land of no more. Don't you? That's right. That's right. Just you and me and God together forever. Now, aren't those the most comforting words you ever heard? That's right, that's right. Come follow Jesus. Come follow Jesus, and I say to you, welcome home. I want to go home. I hope you do too. May God bless you as you travel down that road and go home. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for guiding us and leading us, showing us the way to go. And we're glad to put our hand in yours and follow along with you. That you teach us along that road and show us more and more what we should do and how we should go. We're grateful to you for those things. And we're pleased to follow you and to follow you to that wonderful place that you've prepared. We find it exciting that you thought of us 
and made a place for us in your Father's house. We look forward to the day we will share it with you in that wonderful place. And we thank you for inviting us and giving us a way to go. So bless us, Lord, as we trust in you. And may we find in you the strength to follow you all the way. Bless us, we ask, for being here in this parking lot today and sharing the truth together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing the doxology together. Stand together with us. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
Father, we thank you for our country. And Lord, as they do try to take things away from us, we're going to trust in you. They can't take what we have. Those things are ours. Nobody can take them from us. So bless us, Lord, because we've been here today. Open up our hearts and our lives, Lord. We are grateful, eternally grateful to you for our freedom and for the blessing that God pours out unto us. And we say morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. So bless us, Lord, we pray. Bless those that are gathered here with us. Give them a special weekend as they share these thoughts together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.